I really appreciate Ben, our student pastor, pinch hitting for me last week when I found out late Saturday night that I wasn't going to be able to, to be here last Sunday morning. And Ben stepped in, he talked to us about prayer, and he really challenged us to consider if Jesus Christ needed to carve out time to be alone with God, how much more do we need to do so? If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed to take time away from his responsibilities, away from the crowds, away from all the demands people placed on his life, if he had to take time away from that to have these deep connecting moments with God, how much more do we need to do so from time to time as well? And I certainly hope you accepted Ben's challenge to carve out some time this past week to, to get alone with God, even if it's just for 10 or 15 minutes, no matter what the cost, because this is something that we, we all need to continue to prioritize and, and place within our week. Yet as impactful as those moments of solitude with God are, and they are impactful, there is another aspect of prayer that the Bible invites us to pursue, and that is praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing, it's this idea of never-ending prayer. This week, as I was writing this teaching, I was listening to some music, and I heard these lyrics come over my computer, and it's a song from Brian and Katie Torwalt. It's, it's titled, Remember. I think it's very fitting for what God is going to teach us today. Here's some of those lyrics. How quickly we forget the God who lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins, the kind of power that empties graves. And oh, my soul, remember who you're talking to, the only one who death bows to. That's the God who walks with you. This song highlights this idea of continuous, ongoing prayer, never ending talks with God, which honestly really goes against the, the way we think about prayer. Now, let me ask you a rhetorical question that I think will reveal how a lot of us typically think of prayer. And right, here it is. What is the difference between a cell phone and a fire extinguisher? <laughs> what is the difference between a cell phone and a fire extinguisher? Uh, a lot, right? Uh, for one, we use cell phones all the time for all kinds of different purposes. Uh, I assume almost all of us have a cell phone. In fact, uh, you may be watching this right now on your cell phone. Cell phones are incredible devices, and we take them with us everywhere we go. But, but how many of us would bring a fire extinguisher with us everywhere we go? In fact, how many of us even know where the fire extinguishers are in this building that we normally gather in? Uh, hardly anyone. That is because they are only used in emergencies. Uh, we don't really think of fire extinguishers until we see smoke or a, a fire breaks out, and then we, we run around frantically looking for one. And this is unfortunately how prayer is often treated. Uh, it's hardly used or, or, or thought of much uh, more than, than how we think of other things that barely cross our mind. Prayer is often thought of as something that we only use in case of an emergency. It's something we only use in these desperate situations when we cry out to God and there's no way back. And we tell him, oh God, if you just answer this prayer, I'll, I'll be a missionary or I'll never cuss again. Just answer my prayer this one time. And today I want us to see that prayer is meant for greater things than that. And for this reason, we have the incredible opportunity to pray without ceasing. As our text in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it just simply and boldly tells us, never 
stop praying. Never stop praying. Now, we should certainly take some moments to get away and be alone with God, but we should also strive. We really should, we should strive to develop this ongoing relational conversation with God throughout our day. And to pray without ceasing, to have a continual conversation with God, it, it doesn't mean that uh, we continually run off at work to find a small closet to, to, to pray in, or when we're in a public place, we, we rush off to the bathroom stall just so we can have a few moments with God. Right? It doesn't mean we, we go around in public talking to God, making other people think we're actually talking to them in the grocery store aisle. Let's leave that to those Bluetooth folks. It doesn't mean that we drop to our knees and pray during a business meeting or a class lecture. And it certainly doesn't mean that as we're driving and we go to pray, we close our eyes. Rather, we train ourselves to, to talk to God and listen to God many times throughout our day in silent or, or, or even quiet prayers. I once heard it explained this way. Prayer should be like breathing. Prayer should be like breathing. Now, you do not have to think to breathe because the atmosphere exerts pressure and, and influences our lungs uh, in such a way that, that we have to breathe. That's why it's more challenging to, to hold your breath than it is to breathe. And likewise, when we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we, we enter into this spiritual atmosphere where, where God's pres uh, presence exerts pressure or, or influence on our lives. In prayer, a continual conversation with God is the normal response to that pressure. It's the normal response to that new spiritual atmosphere we find ourselves in. And unfortunately, many followers of Jesus, we could say they, they hold their spiritual breath for long periods of time. Thinking that, that, that prayer is, is something that they can do, like we said, only in case of emergencies, not this natural response as we go throughout our day. And the reality is that every single believer must be continually interacting with the presence of God, continually communicating with him if we want to be as fully functional in this world as God intended us to be. Uh, for most of us, we can think of the, maybe the ease and frequency in which we, we text someone as we go throughout our day. And even if you don't text, I think you'll get the analogy. Right? When we go to, to text somebody, we don't clear our calendar, uh, go off in a room all by ourselves, strike up a particular posture or pose, or even drop to our knees, open a new text message, and then start typing someone. No, as we go throughout our day and have certain experiences or maybe random thoughts, we, we may pick up our phone and, and go to send a message to someone that that thought is relevant to. Or maybe think about the most intimate, close, earthly relationship that you have in this life. I doubt that person, whoever they are, requires an appointment for you to communicate with them. No, you do so frequently, you do so naturally, you, you do so with ease. And similarly, in our relationship with, with God, we need to be willing to communicate with him as we go throughout our day, no matter what that day may hold. In fact, a lot of us, we, we would measure a great friend by how much somebody was there for us when we desperately needed them. They were always there for us, we may say. So how much more so should we be encouraged by the goodness of our God who is wanting to be with us all of the time? In fact, Psalm 145, 18 tells us, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in the truth. Or as the message paraphrase puts it, God's there listening for all who pray, for all who pray and mean it. 
I know for some of us, this could be foreign. And we, we may even feel like this idea of, of never-ending prayer, continually talking to God, or, or praying as we go shows a, a lack of respect or reverence for God, but that certainly isn't the case. What father, what good father wouldn't want to continually hear from their children? Right? You may be sitting in traffic and your prayer could be simple. God, give me patience specifically all right, for, for that car with the ridiculously loud muffler that apparently doesn't have a turn signal. You may be someone who's distressed just at the happenings of the world, and your prayer may be asking a God for peace as you go throughout the public scene and, and even thanking him for his protection once you get back home. Maybe simply asking God to, to be with somebody who's just heartbroken as they just spill their emotions onto you, and, and even as they're doing so, you can be praying to God saying, God, give me the wisdom to speak love into their life. You could be asking God to keep your attitude in check while you're participating in the sports field. You may be asking simply for his guidance while you're literally in the midst of a stressful, uh, tense situation. In fact, you may be anywhere doing anything and, and, and you hear an ambulance go by. You can remain in that moment or in that conversation, yet simultaneously be praying for whoever that ambulance has been deployed for. You may find yourself just simply playing with your child or your children, and in the midst of playing with them, you just thank God for that blessing in your life. You see, continual prayer, it allows you to connect with God throughout the day to experience His presence in any circumstance. What's incredible is as God's children, we, we never have to say goodbye to the Father. He is with us wherever we go, and we can communicate with him as such. Now, there are a few specific things that continual prayer, an ongoing conversation with God, helps us specifically to do that we need to highlight today. And the first is that continual prayer allows us to follow the Spirit's leading. Continual prayer allows us to follow God's spirit as it nudges us along in life. Book of Romans tells us, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. Now, these words were originally written to the first century church in Rome, and it was written to give them kind of a concrete theological foundation so they could construct their faith. And one of the critical pillars in that foundation was understanding that as God's children, they and we, we have God's own spirit at the reins of our life. He is the one leading us in our days. In a similar sense, the book of Galatians tells us, since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You see, continual prayer allows us to, to hear and interact and follow God's spirit as it moves us along all throughout our days. Another thing that continual prayer allows us to do is, is to live in joy. A continual prayer, this ongoing, never-ending conversation with God, it keeps us afloat and helps us to live in joy. It gives us this access to a joy that is far greater than any of our circumstances. 1 Thessalonians, once again, another bold command, it tells us to always be joyful. Always be joyful. Now, I want to make a statement that I have held as a core belief since I started following Jesus 18 years ago. And here it is. 
I believe that Christians should be the most joyful people the world has ever seen. I really do. I believe that Christians should be the most joyful people in all of the world. I mean, how could we not be? We all see it. There's so many people in this world, and this world is all they have. And so they wake up, they put their hand to the plow, and they try to make it the best of their lives because they only have a set number of years. And by all means, if something goes wrong, why would people not be up in arms? Why would they not lose their joy? Because this short life is all that matters to them. Yeah, you see, but not, not Christians. I think you and I have both the responsibility and the opportunity to be joyful because we are different and we need to show the world what joy is all about. The Apostle Paul shows this contrast in his letter to the Philippians. He writes, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And get this, he writes, they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. This world isn't all that matters because we have eternity with a good, loving God who remains in control. So what happens in the momentary just simply isn't worth robbing us of our joy. Now, are we going to have ups and downs, curveballs, and things that could try to rob us of our joy as we go throughout our days, almost leaving us defeated? Of course. You know, but I like to think of it, you know, like, like a boxer in a bout. Like we are constantly in communication with the God who is in our, our corner, and we will never lose that battle. We will never have to forfeit our joy when we are continually talking to him. Now, continual prayer also allows us to overcome anxiety. Continual prayer, this, this ongoing conversation we can have with God throughout our day, helps us to overcome anxiety. I recently read a story about a newly licensed pilot who was flying in this small, rented, uh, private plane on a very unexpectedly foggy day. And then the problem for this new pilot was that he was not very experienced using only his, his dash instruments to perform a landing. And so when the control tower went to bring him in, the pilot, he began to get panicked. He thought he was going to crash. He couldn't see a thing. And then a stern voice from the flight tower came over the radio and said, listen, you just obey instructions. I'll take care of the obstructions. You just obey instructions. I'll take care of the obstructions. For us as God's children, we just need to focus on obeying God's instructions and trust that, that he will take care of the obstructions. As we go throughout the trials of our life, we just need to stay connected to his voice and he will make sure we make it home. Now, I know that this is easier said than done as we live in a world that stirs our fears and, and profits off of our anxiety, our stress, and our worry. The Apostle Paul wrote these instructions on prayer uh, to the Philippian church. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice that Paul says that that a key to peace is praying about everything. Praying about everything. Once again, the scriptures are highlighting this need for us to be in continual prayer. Now, we both know that as we go throughout our day, our circumstances, boy, they can change at just any minute. Yet when an unforeseen circumstance occurs or an emergency uh, strikes and we start to feel fear and anxiety arising up in us, there is another way to live. There is another way to react. And Paul is saying that that is prayer. Allow our knee-jerk reactions, train them, build them up like muscles to shun the anxiety, shun the fear, and instead pivot to this God who is right there with us every second of every day, just waiting to hear from us. Even the apostle Peter tells us in the exact moment where we can feel defeated, we have access to the victor. He writes, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You see, as children of God, we are not to allow fear to fill our hearts, but we are to trust God and continually invite him into our battle with stress and anxiety. Now, certainly there are are endless benefits to praying continually, this idea of praying without ceasing, having never-ending, ongoing conversation uh, with God. There's probably even a few specifically uh, to us for how we are individually wired. But let me give you one more that I think fits the bill across the board. Continual prayer allows us to remain grateful. Continually talking with God as we go throughout our day, it allows us to remain grateful. During World War II, Ravensbrück was known as one of the worst German concentration camps. When Corey Tinboom and her sister Betsy found themselves in, in prison there in Ravenbrook, uh, they were disgusted to, to, to find out that their barrack was just overrun with fleas. The, the fleas were terrible. They were just everywhere. And when Corey began to complain, Betsy insisted that they actually don't complain, but they find a way to give thanks to God. Betsy quoted this scripture to Corey. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Several months later, the two sisters expressed their surprise that the camp guards had never once come back to their barracks to disrupt their Bible studies that they held for fellow prisoners. After all, holding these Bible studies was a terrible crime in the Germans' eyes. It was then that Corey realized that the very fleas that she had so despised had actually been a God-sent protection from the cruel guards. It was what preserved their Bible studies. It's vital as we go throughout our days that we continually engage with God with a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude because we honestly, we have no idea what God is doing among our circumstances. No matter how good our circumstances or bad they may seem to the naked eye, we have no idea what our good God is doing behind the scenes. And honestly, gratitude is so rare in the world today. It's so hard to come by. And I think that as we remain grateful, as we display gratitude, the world is going to start to see that we are living connected to something and someone greater. The Apostle Paul once again gave similar wisdom to the church in Philippi. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing 
so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. One of the things that believers could do then in that church in Philippi uh, to stand out like stars in the night sky, Paul says, was just don't complain. Don't, don't, don't grumble about everything. I think we could all agree that 2,000 years later, the, the ability to stand out in such a way has only increased. And one of the easiest ways to remain grateful is simply to remain engaged in conversation with the giver. To remain in conversation with God. And I also believe once you make it a habit to continually thank God for the good things that he's placed in our lives, the more that we will realize just how blessed we are and the easier it will become to have a natural posture of gratitude within our heart. Now certainly, not every moment of every day is going to go great just because we have the opportunity to be in a constant conversation with God. Not every season is going to be what we had hoped. Not every season, not every day is going to be how, go how we wished. And at times, although we know we're not abandoned, it, life can get hard and it may feel so. So we must remember this, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So let's be sure that as we go throughout our days that, that we stay close to God, we stay in communication with him. And we take up this challenge of never-ending prayer so we can continue to live out his purpose for our lives.